Trust the Scoop with your host, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop. Welcome to the first point five edition of Trust the Scoop. I am your host, Philip Dukes. Follow me on Twitter at Dukes the Scoop. Follow me on Instagram at Dukes the Scoop. Follow me on Facebook. Send me a friend request, Philip Dukes, a.k.a. Dukes the Scoop. All right, guys, this is a point five edition. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened in, in, uh, in Athens last week. Uh, we're going to talk about the emergence of Dark Auburn. And we're going to talk about how can we get this thing fixed? And does Gus Malzahn deserve more chances in order for him to keep his job? So, first and foremost, man, that was some mother... Man, that was some bullshit, man. this I ain't, I, you know what I, you know how I feel about this, man. The motherfucking line was playing like some. They, they had like they never seen a mother ever, ever, ever try to block them in their life. They act like they couldn't even block a fucking blocking sled. I mean, it was the most horrible that I ever seen in my life, and I'm so fucking embarrassed that I had to let this go. Whew. All right, all right. Sorry guys, but had to let that go. All right, moving forward. So I talked I talk, I talk to a few people and uh, got some pretty good info. So one of the reasons that the, uh, the defensive line looked so bad was because Georgia didn't really run any of that power uh, or those counter concepts against Arkansas. They gave, basically, they gave Arkansas the most vanilla game plan. They ran a lot of read option uh, with the one methods early. They really didn't line up power. And they uh, they corrected their weaknesses and gave us a basically a whole different run scheme than they showed from the week before. So Auburn's coaches were looking at what was going on the week before with that zone, and a lot of times it's a read type deal. So if you remember when we got beat, like now this is why we had Marlon Davis and Derrick Brown, who and I asked and I asked personally, I'm like, hey, did these guys were they loafing or did they take some time off? Those guys were really upset about losing the bowl game. And we got worked on the offensive line because nobody thought to run zone against Auburn all last year. Everybody tried to block their same concepts. Marlon Davidson and Derrick Brown, they tried to block them the same way the whole year, and they dominated. P.J. Fleck outsmarted the coaching staff because he said, okay, nobody's that had – if you can't beat them physically – to outsmart them, beat them to a point. And that's what they did. So Georgia was running that against Arkansas. Get to Auburn. Why? No, we don't have to zone these guys. Hit them in the mouth. That's what they did. So Auburn has been, you know, working those concepts for almost a week straight. Get out there and they, and they don't know what to do. Now, Anybody who's been playing football pretty much knows, like, power is a lot of time mano we mano. And even if you're the guy who's getting the secondary pull block, you you, you got to stone them. These guys were, Georgia's offensive linemen were coming with a full head of steam and knocking our guys back. And even when we stalemated, we were stalemated in two and three yards off of the line of scrimmage. It's crazy. Uh, the linebackers. The linebackers didn't really look that good. To their credit, it's hard playing linebacker when you've got the back 
of your defensive lineman's helmet in your face because that's how far they're being pushed back. So I do have some sympathy for those guys. But I also know that K.J. Britt, you know, that, that wasn't one of his finer games. But there's also a reason for that. And, uh, you know, I'll leave that there. But definitely, if you listen to Trust the Scoop, you know there's a reason for that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say repeat that or say you got it from me, but I'm telling you, some other things going on with that. Also, Zacoby McClain. I, 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 if I had 11, so let me tell you something. If I had 11 Zacoby McClain's on defense and 11 Tank Bigsby's on offense, then I think that we would, we could beat anybody. Zacoby McClain is playing undersized. And he was taking it to those offensive guards when he had the opportunity. I mean, especially in the second half when they figured out the run fits and they figured out, okay, I know they're running power. He was going to hit the guard in the mouth, period. Guys outweighing him by 100 pounds, hitting him straight in the mouth. And, and, and you'll see we had a little bit more success in the second half than we did the first. And a lot of that could be attributed to Zacoby McClain and his efforts, because I really think that he's becoming that leader on defense who people are looking to when, you know, when things are going bad. And he's showing the young guys, like, hey, you can't have any fear out here. Let's go to the secondary. Secondary play, okay. Roger Mack, I'm not upset at Roger Mack. Yes, he got beat one time by George Pickens for a touchdown, and I mean, George Pickens, I mean, as much as we hate to say it, man, he's a hell of a wide receiver. We did a great job against him last year, and we did a good job against him this year. If that's all he gets, I'm okay with that. What we can't do, right, is allow Christian Tech to get exploited by faster players. And what do you mean by that, Dukes? If we can't get pressure with four or five, and we have to have more exotic looks where the safeties have to split the field instead of helping towards one side, then they're going to beat us with long speed when it comes to their slot receivers. Christian Tut does not have the long speed to keep up with those burners. There isn't a better, a better, excuse me, nickelback in the league in a 10-yard radius. When you're able to play with pressure and you're able to make the, the quarterback make a quick throw, nobody is going to read and react faster than Christian Tut. But if you cannot get to the quarterback, if you can't get to the quarterback, even with pressure, and you leave him one-on-one with one of those fast slot guys, we're in trouble. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And that's what we saw this weekend. I love Tut. But he's not going to be a 4-3 guy overnight. We have to put him in a position to win. We have to. It starts with the pass rush. It starts with the D-line. Jeremiah Wright is somebody that I believe we'll see a lot more of. Converted from offensive line, he has a bit of a nasty streak, and I think that you can't just move him off the ball. At this point, if the linebackers are our strength, then we got to keep them free. He's a guy that I think that we can plug in and he can make more of a difference than some of the other guys. Because if you're going, if the biggest guy, if you got two guys that are under 300 pounds, on the defensive line, you need somebody who can alleviate some of that weight differential. You need somebody over 300. 
somebody that you have to account for. Somebody that can just stand there and get in the way. Don't get turned around. Don't let them push your head into the dirt. We need somebody like that. So I definitely expect Jeremiah Wright to play a lot more in the coming weeks. The offensive tackles. Let's go to the offensive line. We've got five guards playing offensive line. Five guards. Period. Five guards. Bro, Darius Ham is a guard. I love Bro Ham. But we're doing him a disservice playing him out of position. He needs to be a guard. He doesn't have the footwork to be a, a right tackle against one of those high-velocity. Those high when I say that, I mean one of those burner guys that are coming off the edge. One of those bigger guys that can also move. If he gets his hands on you, it, there, there, it, it's going to be a long day. But if he can't touch you, he can't block you. Alec Jackson. So much to be desired with his footwork. He's come a long way in a short period of time. I think he'll get better. Keandre Jones, same thing. Tashawn Manning, same thing. Our footwork. Our footwork is poor right now. They've got to work on their footwork. So when we ran power, we didn't know where to go. We didn't know who to hit. The offensive line it's not that just they sorry. They ain't even know where to go. How many times did you see Nick Brahms look around like, dang, I thought you had him. How many times did you see Keandre and Alec come around on power and nobody's there? Tackle already been made. What about when Tank had one of both Nicks? Both Nicks, he ran for his life and people talk about him escaping to the right. I get it. Because he doesn't know what's coming on the backside. If you can whoop, if if somebody is really at you all day long, people getting free runs at you, you're gonna see goals. We gotta protect them. We gonna have, we are gonna have to change our scheme up some to accommodate the offensive line that we have. We don't have the offensive line to do some of the things that we've done previously. We have to get smarter and begin to out coach opponents. Because we're not going to be able to out-physical them. We have to put our guys in a position to win. Tank Bigsby gets the game ball. Balled out with no help. Bo Nix did a hell of a job. You know why I say that? Because if... And, not, and not, you know, I'm not player shaming, but it's Seth who usually makes this catch. Comes down, comes down with that touchdown. And Shedrick Jackson makes that first down catch. I think we're talking about a, a different ball game. Maybe, I don't know if we would have won, but I think the momentum would have been a lot, a lot different. But we got to help him. Bo Nix, I'm proud of you. Even though it was only 20,000 people there, that was still hostile territory. With the defense that was chomping at the bit to get at you. And that knew that they had an advantage. And you still perform admirably. I appreciate that. Wide receivers, y'all know y'all got to get better. Kobe Hudson, you got to play. You got to play the fresh. Play the freshman. Got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. 
I think I'm through venting. Poor game. I think we're going to beat the hell out of Arkansas. You know why? Because that's what Gus does. So, I ain't, I'm not even really upset. What I do know, I got a couple of recruits that I talked to. They all sent me eyeballs looking like, dang, dude. <laughs> dang. What's going on, dudes? Hey, this ain't a joke. I talked to multiple recruits this weekend that wanted to know what was going on with Auburn. We got to put a better product on the field. Now, I don't think that those recruits made their decision based on that game, but if it comes down to a Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn thing, man, this weekend is also huge with Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee wins this game? Man, hey, it could get ugly. If Georgia beats the hell out of Tennessee, then yeah, Georgia... Yeah, it gets ugly, but not as ugly. Because at least if Georgia beats Tennessee the way they beat us, then it shows that their heads and shoulders above the co- competition, and they only have so many spots to fill. So I'm okay with that. But Tennessee beats Georgia? Man, please. That automatically sends us to Tier 2 of the SEC. Damn near Tier 3. So we need to be hoping that Georgia does the same thing to Tennessee. Recruiting-wise, outside of that, I don't care. I just can't wait until we can line up against Georgia with a better product on the field. What are we going to do to change? We're going to make some changes on the offensive line. Some of those combinations are going to change. You're probably going to see some cut blocks this week. Honest to goodness, I'm telling you, 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 you will probably see some cut blocking Zone blocking concepts this week. They are they now they are definitely changing some things on the offensive line. You won't see the same product. I'm just wondering how long it's going to take for it to kind of get to the point where it needs to be in order for us to compete with the upper echelon in the SEC. Florida would have told us up this past week. Sorry. Florida would have gave it to us. Last week, there aren't many SEC teams that we would have beaten beaten with that performance. And I'm going to just give it to you real. And you know, people have said, called me a sunshine pumper, even though I... Man, don't call me a sunshine pumper. Say I'm optimistic. I don't even like my name being associated with our oh, Dukes as a pumper. Not, what? what? <laughs> don't call me a sunshine pumper. But I get it. People are upset. So they forced me to go dark side. So hashtag Dark Auburn. Dark Auburn is a really, really... Emotionally, emotionally charged place. It's where you take all those bad feelings of those bad victories and a current record against UGA and feeling like you can't do anything about it and you just unleash. You just talk about our own guys like a dog sometimes. And maybe if you don't talk about the kids that you definitely talk about the coach. You talk about all the recruits that we could have had. You talking about you talk about all the opportunities that we miss. You talk about how far ahead Georgia and Alabama are in front of us. You talk about how embarrassing it is to be an Auburn fan. That's dark Auburn. And I, I visited there this weekend. I didn't stay long, but man, what I did feel when I got to dark Auburn was a sense of relief. Like you know what? I don't have to put on my orange jaded glasses any longer. 
I can just say how the fuck I feel. And it was a good feeling. It definitely was. I'm not going to stay in dark Auburn because I know that uh, we won't stay here long. Regardless, we always, I mean, we, we have our times. Last year was the year that we were supposed to win it. Like, we had a championship defense. That was our Auburn year. Like, we get one every four to six years, and that was the Auburn year. And we blew it. Dark Auburn. That's how I feel. So, uh, I'm not all the way converted. A lot of people are asking me, have you converted? Yeah, I haven't. I'm not, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely not sunshine pumping at all. And, uh, I'm at the point now where I'm gonna call, I, I gotta call it straight up. Uh, how do you feel about Kool-Aid? Uh, I feel like that game wasn't, I don't feel, that game wasn't an end all be all with Kool-Aid. Some people feel like it is from the people that I know close to the situation. It was already headed in a different direction. It wasn't a lot as we thought it was already. So, uh, I mean, and people change their minds. That's why I stay away from predictions. I just say how people feel at the time because about six weeks ago, you asked anybody Kool-Aid was, was coming to Auburn. It could have happened as soon as six weeks ago. But now a lot of people are saying it's 50-50. I think that we still have just as, as good a shot at Kool-Aid as Alabama does. But we got to put a better product on the field because we still got 22 guys watching. And nobody wants to be a part of anything that's going to be embarrassed if you want to get those top flight guys. And it was embarrassing last week. All right, so I dropped a few nuggets. We talked about Dark Auburn. Uh, I got Ben Grubbs, uh, former All-SEC lineman, Pro Bowl guard. He's going to come on. We're going to talk a little about what can we do to uh, help the offensive line. I think I'm gonna drop that one on Thursday, and we're gonna preview the Arkansas. We're gonna preview Arkansas. But yeah, man, it's a dark time in motherfucking Auburn. It's time for motherfucking dark Auburn. We gotta start doing something else. Period. The old way ain't working no more, man. Like there are D linemen right now that aren't playing that should be playing. Like, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Like, some of our practices and practice are turning kids off. We've got we've got some help there that's not playing. Just to let you know, now we got some help that's not playing. Jeremiah Wright, he just don't know what to do yet. But he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be a good one. But there's some guys that have left the program. There's some guys that I that you know I've heard that you know they had to go. Not even talking about uh, Miller. Some other guys that just, they weren't going to fit in at Auburn. But, man, we got, on that line, like now, a lot of people have been talking about, okay, the recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And I've all this whole time said, you know, stars aren't everything. But I'd be damned. Georgia was sending waves of four stars at us. Third string, four stars. Third string, five stars. And not third string, four and five stars that can't play third string four and five stars that are just playing that way because the guy in front of me is all world so to the people that this is probably going to be the darkest you ever hear me but yeah man we got to call a spade a spade man but being a true Auburn man who believes in Auburn and loves it I'm going to hope for the best and I'm very very optimistic that if we can incorporate some different schemes on the offensive and defensive line 
If we can figure out how to manufacture more consistent pressure using five, because right now we can't get home with four, so we have to be very creative with how we use five in order for us to get to the quarterback, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be okay. But if we beat, if we lose to Arkansas, it's going to be very, very dark on the plains. And uh, I, I literally think there's almost no way we lose to Arkansas. No way. No way. We're, we're going to beat them. I, I really think we might put up 40 or 50 on them. But we'll see. But until the next time, make sure, tell your friends that sometimes there's going to be a surprise pod and it'll be a .5 episode and this is one. I love y'all to death. War damn eagle in, in the good times and the bad. We'll holler. Duke's out.